get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Blues take one on the chin last night, 4-1 to one against the Colorado Avalanche in Game 1 of the series, hoping to rebound in Game 2 tomorrow night. You'll hear that action right here on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario has your pregame coverage beginning at 8.30. Real early start. Right now, we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, talking things over with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. JR, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Good. I would have come in studio, though, if I'd have known you were mashing taters in there. Hey, that's what we're here for. That's, just it's BK's new nickname. Just BK mashing taters, Kylie. That's that's what they've called me all my life. JR, what went wrong for the Blues last night? Oh, I think a few things. Uh, first of all, I think that uh, Jordan Bennington, you know, back in early April when he made the 50 saves and said we're coming, I don't think he was hoping for another 50 shots on goal <laughs> anytime soon. I think that's the number one takeaway. But listen, I mean, it's like you go to the movie theater and you've seen the movie before. You know what's coming. You know, that's the situation with the Colorado Avalanche. You know how they play. You know how good they are. And, and I think that's what happened last night. We've seen that movie before. And, and the biggest thing is you've got to rewind the tape. Yeah, McKinnon's in the slot. He's open. He gets the shot off. But you've got to rewind the tape to when they come in the zone. And I think uh, all night long, that's what leads to the 50 shots is getting in the zone so easy getting the zone time and then peppering with shots and, and all of a sudden it's up to 50. So uh, I just think that the blues have to do a much better job, easier said than done of uh, standing up at the blue line and trying to eliminate some of that speed and trying to get in a situation where they can prevent some of that. Jared, what do you think's going on in their own zone? Because we've seen it a lot this season, but man, there were multiple times last night where it felt like the blues were fo- focusing on one player who had the puck. They'd go two guys at him for a hit. And the next thing you know, you'd have Nathan McKinnon standing alone in the slot waiting for a one-timer. Yeah. And I know some people like when I tweet, that's Nathan McKinnon. He's amazing. People say, no, the blues messed up. It, it's actually a little bit of both. And I, I understand why you would want to focus on the blues because you can uh, prevent that. Like uh, Craig Ruby said afterwards, but Nathan McKinnon, like we saw with Brett Hall, you find spots on the ice where you can get open. And, and that's what he did last night. So you have to give those superstar players some credit for putting themselves in that position. But you did have a, you know, on that play, you had uh, Scandella fallen. You had, you know, Braden Shen, I get what he's doing. He's going to the wall. He's trying to get in the puck battle, uh, but but he comes uh, away without the puck. And then Scandella goes behind the net, kind of half-hearted effort, you know, to deny the pass, and it's out front where McKinnon gets the shot, and you have uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Jaden Schwartz not aware of him. And, and O'Reilly admitted after the game, he said, look, i got to have my head on a swivel and be aware of those dangerous chances. So to me, it's a combination of a, a lot of those things. Uh, but uh, like I said, Nathan McKinnon is Nathan McKinnon. We're talking to Jeremy Rutherford here on 101 ESPN. JR, other than Jordan Bennington, what do you think were the bright spots for the Blues last night? Because I know we can sometimes get lost into, hey, Blues lose 4-1. to one. They got dominated in the third period in particular. What were the bright spots for the Blues last night? 
Yeah, I think there were a couple things. I think the start, uh, you worry about a start. I know it's the playoffs. I know they're amped up. I know all that. But still, you know, to, to come out humming the way they did and hold Colorado without a shot on goal for the first six minutes, it changed after that. Obviously, they get the power play goal and, and so on and so forth. But to me, that's a bright spot. Uh, to me, another bright spot is secondary scoring. And obviously, there wasn't a ton of it uh, from anybody last night. But I thought Mike Hoffman looked pretty good on that third line. He got bumped up. Uh, Jordan Cairo had the goal. Uh, so I think if the Blues are going to have a chance in this series, if those top lines are going to somewhat cancel each other, and obviously that didn't happen last night, but if the Blues aren't going to get offensive production from their top guys, they're going to have to get it from somewhere. Uh, so I thought uh, the Cairo goal and, and Hoffman with a couple chances was a bright spot. And the power play, you know, only two chances, but, you know, they had some opportunities. Just have to bury it. So it's a little bit to build off of, but to me, it all goes back uh, to slowing down that line. And it comes down to chemistry for those lines too, JR, right? To build some offense. And it just felt like that the top line really couldn't find it with Schwartz O'Reilly and Shen. It really feels like Shen has become a centerman for the team because that's what we've seen the most success from him is when he's at the center position. Yeah, and you just really are at a disadvantage without Perron because I think that they like their lines going into the series the way they had them before they found out that uh, Perron wasn't going to be able to play. So you have to mix and match. I know that some people look at the lines and say, why don't you put this guy in? Why don't you move this guy over? Well, they're trying to find two lines that they can put on the ice against that McKinnon line. So you're looking for defensively responsible guys. You can't just bump Jordan Cairo up to the top line and say, hey, go get some offense. That's just not how it works. So uh, Braden Shen, he's definitely at center on my team when you're going into a playoff series and, and you want everything clicking. Uh, you know, if you got him on the left wing, you know, that's not the worst thing. But now they're half, having to move him over to the right side uh, just because they're looking for that balance and that, that those two lines with defensive responsibility. JR, um, when you look at the situation with David Perron, is there is there any way of knowing if he's potentially going to be available in this series at any point? Well, here's the way I look at it. Uh, and yesterday I, I did tweet that, hey, let's let's be careful here because we don't know the situation. There's a lot of secrecy involved with the COVID. You know, I've been in touch with some people trying to find answers and, you know, either they can't say, the league can't say. So you kind of, you know, have the uh, curtain pulled over everything. But the one thing that I was trying to point out to people yesterday is that no one has confirmed that he has a case of COVID. Uh, no one has uh, said that he tested positive. You remember the Blues came out and said that Jake Wallman tested positive. They didn't do that this time with David Perron. And the one thing I was trying to warn people a little bit is you have to have that second negative test at 24 hours and, and, and another negative test at uh, 48 hours. And we were still inside, I believe, uh, that window. Now we're past that 48-hour window, so you have to believe that if there were two negative tests, you know, we would have known it by now. Uh, but the one thing, you listen to all these Zoom interviews, and maybe they're just talking in cliches, but a lot of players, you know, saying, hey, if we have to play without David for one game, we'll go out and do it. So uh, we'll just keep refreshing our screens and looking at that COVID list every day at 4 or 5 and, and find out what the latest is. You just described journalism to a T, didn't you, JR? Just sit in front of a computer <laughs> and keep refreshing until you get the answer, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's tough. And, you know, there are stories out there. Everybody wants more information, and it's our job to make phone calls and find out and sometimes use sources uh, for that. But uh, I just got to be honest with people in this situation. It's a t tough uh, nut to crack. How much do you think he was missed on the ice, though, from your perspective? I was just telling somebody that. Somebody asked, uh, you know, how much uh, do you think they missed him? And keep in mind, David Perron, he's told this story, and others in the locker room have told it. He goes up to every player 
before the game at their locker stall and says something. It might be a joke. It might be something serious. It might be a reminder of something in the game. It might be, hey, how'd your kid do on his math test yesterday? But they always joke around that this guy just never shuts up. And so imagine you're sitting at your locker stall, and you know I'm not saying it throws them off their game or anything like that, but you know, you're sitting at your locker stall getting ready for a game, and the chatterbox isn't around. And then you get out on the ice, and he chirps the other team, but he's also – uh, in his own guy's ear, and, and, and so you miss it. I know they're used to playing without teammates. It happens all the time, but he's one of the more vocal guys, so I'm sure it felt like a little something was missing. And then on, on the ice, I mean, you don't need to say anything more than he leads the team in points. JR, did your confidence in the Blues in this series change at all last night? Like, I, I know they, they lose that game 4-1. to one. Did anything about that game change the way that you view this series? Yeah, it's a good question. Um I don't think the series is over even after watching last night. I do think the Blues can win a game. I think they can 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 make the series competitive. I do think they need David Perron uh, back in the lineup. You know, it appears that that might not be the case, uh, but I like their chances a heck of a lot better uh, with him. Uh, but they're just going to have to go back to the to the film room and. and figure out what they can do against that line. And then the biggest thing is you can plan all you want, but you have to execute. You know, the guys, Scandella and Pareko and, and uh, Shen Schwartz O'Reilly that are going to play a lot of ice time against that line, you know, they got to be in their face. So to me, uh, you know, confidence level, I think it's probably about where it was going into last night's game because I don't see how you could watch last night's game and think that anything, you know, was surprising. So, so we'll see. I still think they can be competitive against them. Uh, but they're going to have to do something about everything we, we just talked about. Uh, JR, final one for me. I know they have an optional skate later on today. I think it's at like 3 o'clock St. Louis time, but do you envision Craig Berube doing any changes with the lineup other than the possibility of Perron being back? Yeah, I think there's a possibility. Uh, you know, could Vince Dunn come back? I know that Craig Berube said yesterday that uh, he wasn't ready. Um, you know, I thought Nikola and, and Bortuzzo were as fine as you probably expect them to be. Um, the other thing is this Kyle Clifford, stay in you know if uh abs are just going to run up and down the ice is there a purpose for them maybe you get a clem costin in there i know we just got over here i know we just had the two games but perhaps he can give you a little bit more uh skill and, and a lot more physicality on that line so those are probably two of the things that i would look at they just don't have a ton of options jr we appreciate the time as always my man we will be watching uh for your latest pieces over at the athletic i know you put up a good one earlier today we will be subscribing over there following you on twitter as well at jp rutherford all the best and we'll talk with you after what is going to be yet another late game yeah, for the blues jr open invitation for you buddy if you want to come sit in studio with me wednesday until 1 30 in the morning you're more than welcome to <laughs> i think i'll take a pass on that one bring some mashed potatoes i might <laughs> only with That's... bk uh taters over here that's jr <laughs> Always appreciate it, my man. Thanks, guys.